Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. From a land far, far away where success is a long shot and the struggle really is real, comes a voice from the depths of the concrete, the bowels of the BX, a voice that can't be silenced, here to share his positivity. Welcome to the Hope of the Hood Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the Hope of the Hood podcast. I'm your host, Petey Diabru. I'm so happy to be here. Um, thank you guys for supporting. Make sure to go check out hopeofthehood.com. Uh, purchase you a Liddy candle before Christmas. You got about a, a week to order, so order it right now, and we'll rush the orders out. We only have two cents left. We have Bodega Latte and uh, Bodega Breeze left, so make sure you pick that up. Um what else we got? We got Broken Comedy every Monday. You can catch us there. We have a new, well, we mentioned it already, I guess, the Better Days show. Uh, the last one was on the, what day was that? It was the... What, what last Wednesday? Yeah, it was last Wednesday. It was the 6th. The 6th. Thank you, everybody that came out. The show was a smash. When I say smash hit, I mean smash hit. I mean comic after comic after comic destroying the crowd was great shout out to rita shout out to uh oliver shout out to jason i tried and to leave four different times and i couldn't because i tried to leave to i was gonna i was trying to leave too and then i had a drink thing and i was like yo here's another drink i'm not going nowhere i said i was leaving after the first comic because i had to be up early you did say that you didn't tell me that i didn't tell you that i'm glad you didn't tell me that because i would have been highly disappointed but if i didn't leave that. i had to be at work at 5 a.m you know what's so funny because i noticed that every time someone goes Yo, I'm just gonna I'm 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 in and out. I'm in and out. And once they come through and they see the vibe, they be like, you know what? They start taking their shoes off. Now they wanna get comfortable. Now you wanna start cracking your back and get comfortable. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm gonna just do ten I'm gonna just be here for ten minutes. Like uh JL, she was like she came, she's like, Yeah, I'm just gonna have a beer and meet up with some friends. Next thing you know, two hours later She's still there. She and she's she's so dope too. Uh, like once again, shout out to everybody that came out, supported the show. I just got news today that we're going to be going every other week now instead of monthly. So now every other week starting January 3rd, then we'll have January 17th and we have January 31st and we have some big comics in store. I'm super excited about that. Uh, other than that, everything's how's everything with you, my dude? Dan? Everything's going well. It's Young. Hanukkah. Hanukkah started. Oh, yeah, that was yesterday, right? Yep. Did you did you light any did you Nah, I didn't light anything. What up. kind of Jew are you, man? You, a you, Jew that lives alone and it wasn't with his parents <laughs> on Hanukkah. I know, but you know the the culture's still watching. When I'm gonna not celebrate there. over the weekend with my family. But then they're gonna be like five candles in already by the time you get there. You gotta do it, you know. It's all good. They got enough menorahs for me. 
Let me ask you a question. When you light the menorah, do you say, it's lit? No, but I think I will this year. That's lit. I was thinking about that last night. I was like, yo, so many Jewish people are like saying to their family, like, hey, did you light the menorah? It's lit. I might have to record you doing it, and I'll play it when they yeah. write it. It's lit. Or you could, or you could have a uh, Travis Scott go. It's lit at the night show. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> everything alright though. So that's cool. Happy <laughs> Hanukkah to everybody out there. Um, happy Kwanzaa to everybody that celebrates Kwanzaa and Hanukkah. Happy, uh, happy Christmas. You know, I saw a nativity scene the other day, and I was like, man, that's. A, I love the nativity scene. Is that how you say it? Nativity? Na- na- nativity, nati- yeah. Nativity. I think. It's like nativity. And then I see it was like baby Jesus was there and his hands was up. and he was. It looked like he was like, yo, it's time to party. Like his hands was up. It was just like a real fun vibe. You know? Shout out to all the Christians out there representing Christmas. Shout out to all my Jews representing Hanukkah. Shout out to all my... Uh, what is it? Is Kwanzaa connected to a religion, or is it just a way of life? It's just a way of life. It's a way of life. Shout out to all life. my people living the Kwanzaa way of life. Extra pecans. Is that what they do? The pecans? I don't know. Pecan I don't, cake. I don't know enough about that. I'm going off what they showed me on the Chappelle show. All right, guys, we're gonna get into this episode. We got a very special guest this week. Probably one. I'm going to say the most specialist guest that I've ever had in my entire career of nine episodes. Uh, is this the ninth episode? This will be the tenth. Oh, double digits. This is the most specialist guest ever. I don't think I could top this. Not even Obama. I couldn't even have Obama on and say, like, this is more special, you know, because he had his time. Maybe, like, two years ago it would have been more special, but he's ex-presidente. This person is going to be... Is gonna hold the, their position forever, and that's my mother, Cheryl Diabru, also known as Young Cheryl, also known as Mama Dukes, also known as uh, Petey's moms, also known as my emergency contact, <laughs> also known as the. Some people say where I get my sexiness from, you know, and I never, I never dispute that, but I say, hey, you don't be looking at my mother like that in that type of way. <laughs> Mom, how are you? Thank you so much for coming. I'm good, and I'm delighted to be here. Oh man, you know, oh, see, she, 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 still, I mean, I still her swag, really. I steal your swag a lot of times. People don't know, cause I, you know, um, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Like I said, I'm very good. This morning you hit me up and you said, "What? What? We still on for the TV show?" And I said, "Oh, I love my mom. She don't know that it's a podcast. <laughs> she didn't know that it was a podcast. Do you even know what a podcast is?" Uh, it's a radio show. It's like that a. Did you do independently? I'm not it's sure. It's like imagine if there was like a movie, right? Like say or a TV show, you know. And then somebody had their own camera, or like a handheld camera, and was like, "Yo, we about to do our own movie." <laughs> oh no! So this is like the audio <laughs> version of that, you know. But like we got sponsors and stuff, so it's a little different. A okay. Little, little nicer, but okay. we have a bunch of people that listen to us around the world, uh, which is exciting. Uh, to be able to interact with people that might not be in New York City to come to a show or might not be able to, uh, you know, see you and physically. So now they're all going to be introduced to young Cheryl. Okay. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening. Ooh, ooh. You know, everybody <laughs> I introduce you to loves you. They do? Oh, yeah. I love well, them back. 
Hey, see how she got. See how she to steal her fans now. Also, if you want to book my moms on your podcast or your show, you gotta come through me. Don't be messaging my moms. Don't slide in those. DMs. Don't be sliding my mother's <laughs> DM, yo, because I put up the picture of you today, the young picture. So people might be thinking, like, you know, not to say she's still not a hottie, but you know, don't be in my mom's DM talking about yo, you up. You know what I'm saying? Don't be, don't, don't be in my mom's DM with the eggplant talking about okay. you up. You know what I'm saying? Because then I'm gonna have to put the hands on you. You know so. But um, man, this is exciting. I, I wrote down some questions. I got some questions here that I, I wanted to ask my mom. Uh, this won't be too long. Pretty pretty uh quick episode. A you lot say of stuff. That every time. No, I know. But there's a lot. Of, so <laughs> this is something I thought of today. There's a lot of stuff going on in in the world, and uh, partic- particularly New York City. This week, there was a uh, I guess a bomb scare. Like a bomb? Was it bomb threat? Bomb? No, it was a bomb scare. Bomb no, went off. It wasn't a bomb scare. A bomb went off. No, I know, but it w- we was just a little scared. Like it, was, <laughs> it wasn't like it was like a bomb scare. Like oh, something happened. Oh, all right, nothing happened. Have and you then seen that back. picture? Yeah, I seen the video. Uh, the, Did you see no, the video? Yeah. Have you seen the picture that people are putting up? It's like everyone in America. Oh my God, there was a bomb. Everyone in New York. Oh, I'm stuck on the train for an extra 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. That's a fact. So, Ma, I, I brought it up. So how did you feel when you heard it? What would you, was you at work when you heard about it? No, actually, I was on my way to work. I got off at um, Grand Central, getting ready to go over to Times Square to get the shuttle. And at Grand Central, I never knew they had gates that they pulled. They pulled those gates. You couldn't even go over to the shuttle. I said, what's going on? And they said, uh, you just have to go up the stairs and catch the bus. So, all right, I go up the stairs, and no bus was coming, so I walked from Grand Central to 8th Avenue and 35th. I didn't know what was going on. There were ambulances all over the place. The the police had blocked off many streets. So you was actually in the vicinity. I was in the vicinity. It it happened at Port Authority, and I I work not too far from there. Don't be telling everybody your details and all that, because then they want to come take you out to lunch. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't give them an exact (laughs) address. So, but did you ask, so when you seen all of that hecticity, I just made that word up. When you seen all of the hecticity, did you... uh, were you nervous or was it just like, oh, this is just New York? Did you even think about it? Did you ask, like, hey, what's going on? Or were you just like, not my business, not my problem? I tried to ask a couple of people what was going on, but they didn't listen to me. They just kept walking. Mm. So I just called a friend and they said, yeah, a bomb exploded. That's why, you know, everything's like that in the city now. So. Did, did you get to work late? No, actually, I didn't because I had left earlier. See, so. that's why. See, that's how my mom's is like built for to to last. You know what I'm saying? Who you know leaves early. Luckily, luckily they didn't go into the the federal government. They like, yo, was she in cahoots? How she leave? How did she know? There might be a conspiracy theory now. Like, how did she know to go early? Did she know there was gonna be? So you left early. You know, my mom. See, that's what. That's what, I guess that's why I get my punctuality from. Actually, you outdo me. I, I'm proud of you. You really outdo me. <laughs> I mean, you know, I got because you know I don't got much. I got felonies. I gotta be there early. You know, I can't give him anything to be like, oh, and he's late. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, on top no, of every, no. on top of us giving him a shot, he's late. On top of that, so, but no, that's cool. So, you when you found out whatever you found out the bomb, you just like whatever. Did you just ew, whatever to you? No, I was concerned. I said that's um, it's kind of scary, you know. Mm. Then I heard they got the guy. I mean, he blew himself up. <laughs> <laughs> he blew up his own spot. <laughs> yes. Did you see the picture? It was like blew up his uh, his his private parts. What? Yeah, that's all that blew up. That's the only part that blew up was his private. I thought it was. <laughs> oh no! Are you for real? I swear. Oh my! They said part. it was yeah. his stomach. I guess they didn't want to be that detailed. Maybe he had him. a big private part. <laughs> <laughs> went, up to, went up to his belly button. You know, some oh, people are different. Goodness. You know. 
Wow. He was ready to go to heaven with the 72 virgins. Wow. The big ding dong. Mm. <laughs> the big ding dong. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> So that happened. And then, so that leads me to the next direction of the question. You've been in New York your entire life? Yes. Yes. Which is not that. You're only, what, 30-something years old? Oh, I wish. (laughs) You know, but, like, so you've been in New York your whole life. Where where, where were you born in New York City? I was born on the Lower East Side. L-E-S. Yes, on the Lower East Side. Do you remember the address? Um, It was on Clinton Street. Oh wow! Oh, you know I do a show where I do the um show at Parkside Lounge. It's on um, Houston between oh, Clinton okay. and Attorney Street. Was it over there in that region? Um, I think yes, How? not too far because it's near the um the Henry C. Settlement. You know where the Henry C. Settlement is over there? You know I don't know where no Henry C. Okay. Settlement. That sounds like people that's <laughs> getting Houston. money is over there in the Henry C. Settlement. <laughs> sounds like where they trade people at. Like oh, this gets get settled in over there. We're gonna trade you off. Yeah. So you over there, and how long did you live there for? Uh, maybe about um, about five years. Then we moved to Brooklyn. Hmm. Do you remember anything from that neighborhood, like the Lower East Side back in the day, or like you was too young to remember? No, too well. I my sister lived there um, for a long time, so I used to go back and visit her over there. Oh, so she, so, yeah. Auntie Olive. So she stayed yeah. there after you guys left and went to Brooklyn. She got her own apartment, and she was there. How old was she? Like ten. No, no, after she got older, no. Ten bedroom kids in apartments. But I loved it because she was like one, if you walk to the right, you're in Chinatown. And if you walk to the left, you was in Little Italy. Little so. Italy. Yes. Mulberries. And then, so then you move, what part of Brooklyn do you remember? I don't remember that. No, that was too easy. Those are the times you tried to forget? Is that what <laughs> happens? Like, I didn't even want to remember that place, man. <laughs> it was suffering. So it was Brooklyn. How long did you live in Brooklyn? Mm, maybe about... Three years. So now you're eight years old. Yeah. And then where do you move? Oh, to the Bronx. Boogie down Bronx, boogie down Bronx, boogie, oh. boogie, boogie down Bronx, boogie More down like Bronx, the... boogie, boogie, boogie <laughs> down Bronx, boogie More like down the burn down Bronx, because that's burn what they was doing. Bronx, burn it down Bronx, burn <laughs> down Bronx, burn it down now, burn down Bronx, now it's burned and the ashes now. Yes. So you was there <clears throat> eight years old, boogie down Bronx. Can you give me a time circuit? Can you give me a year? Can you give me... Cause there's a lot of I don't know if you know, but because like uh, something about my mom, she doesn't. We we're gonna get into that, but she's you're you're a regular TV watcher, like you watch regular TV. You yes. don't really you don't really go out of bounds into the net the cable network system no. orbit, right? So there's a lot of documents or not documents, but there's a lot of like TV shows that are documenting um, that like the era of the the early 70s, mid 70s, late 70s in the Bronx, hip hop and all that stuff. And it always fascinates me cuz I'm like my mom was around back. Like you were mm-hmm. there. Not saying you were actually like involved in certain things, but you were there. So it was like how was that uh 8 years old in the Bronx, East Tremont, right? Yes. Um it was kind of hard, but I really didn't know the difference because my mother was sheltered me, so I really I couldn't go anywhere mm. but to school and back, and I was escorted there. Who escorted you, your brother? Um, oh, yeah. My sister or my mom. Okay, what school did you go to? Because fifty four, I believe. Was that the school? Remember when I had that teacher in high school? That was your teacher too. Uh, no, because I, mean, <coughs> I had him in high school also. He was my um my biology teacher in high school, but then I was going to a uh, seven Adventist school. That's oh, how was that? Was. That was actually pretty good. <laughs> did you just so how does a, if you seven day event? Well, you just so 
how does that work? Because it was seven days to go to church on Saturday. Right, but they studied the same Bible. <clears throat> but most of all, it was the the people there were a lot more friendlier than where I was going before. When I was in the public school, they would get like teased and because I was quiet. It really wasn't a good experience. My sister would but always have to meet me. But you was a babe that was bullying you? Uh, you used to wear glasses back in the days, right? Yes. Did they ever call you four eyes? No. Because <laughs> okay. I would have been a pretty corny joke anyway. If they said that, you could have shut them down. Like, no, I don't remember them calling me four eyes. So they was making fun of you, right? Yes. But then what? what Nobody gave really liked me. Oops, they're lost. <laughs> Look at you now. You know what I'm saying? Killing it. Where they at? Probably on the train asking for change. Maybe. Well, there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you're doing. So, all right. So, Seventh-day Adventist High School. Is that high school? High school, yes. And then you graduated when you were, what, uh, 17? Yes. <clears throat> and then what'd you do? Did you stay? When did you leave your mom's house? When did you leave grandma's house? Um, The summer after I graduated. I graduated in June, and then I left probably in August or September. The same year? Yes. Oh, so you was like, I'm out of here. As soon as you got the, as soon as they, as soon as you got that diploma, you yes. got the diploma in the left to open the door with your right hand. Well, my with my mother, you had to give her, you had to go to school, and then you had to give her your diploma. So I graduated Why did and she I gave want her the diploma. diploma. Well, maybe because. At first, she didn't have her diploma. She came uh, up here and she got her GED. Where'd she come so from? So she valued, from St. Croix. Okay. She valued education. We all have to get our So diplomas. she kept it as a token? Yes. You know, I had a friend, because I make this joke, I don't know if you know, but I make this joke about how um, I had sex so good that it made me want to get a G. It made me want to be a better person. And I said, <laughs> when I was having sex, I was like, maybe I should get my GED. Remember that joke? <laughs> yes. And then I would say... uh because I actually literally have a friend, Young Lito. He actually, he's an MTA. He works on the, he's a subway conductor now. And he would work at the club as a security at the door. And every time I would say that joke, <laughs> I would get off stage and he would go, yo, yo, you making fun of GEDs, yo. Yo, yo son, the GED, I take pride in my GED, yo. I got my GED in a frame on top of my bed, yo. So when girls come over, they know they not messing with a stupid <laughs> nigga, yo. You know what I'm saying? They know your boy got some type of smarts to him. And I'll be like, damn, yo. So grandma got the GED. I didn't even know they had a GED back then. When did she get the GED? 1942? No. <laughs> what is it? I thought the GED was invented in like 87. And so when crack came out, it was like, ah, kids can't do school. Give them a GED. <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought that was like in the 80s. I didn't know that people was having GEDs in the 40s. Or, the, or did she get the GED when she came to the country so she was already an adult? She got it when she a little after she came to the country because when she first came here she was doing housekeeping and then she got a GD. Was she, she like housekeeping? Oh no, housekeeping. She, she was more like I was looking for a job when I found this one. <laughs> Goodbye. Okay, so she was like, "Yo, housekeeping, what up? Mm-hmm. What you need me to do, yo? <laughs> Fix the linens, mop the floor. Oh, we're moving on up. Nineteen forty-two. That's when the GED was invented, 1942. Yep. So my grandmother got the first GED. And my wow. grandmother was like the first. I've, I've heard, this is also urban legend. I heard uh, your mom was like one of the first single mothers ever in the world. Mm. Her I don't know. Maybe mm. not. In the, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I don't know. But she was a single mom, right? Well, you didn't grow up with a dad in the house. No. So she kind of had to be strict, I guess, right? Just because it was you. You're the middle child. And then there's Auntie Olive. Oldest yeah. child, yeah. 
Then we got Uncle Charlie. No, 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 no. I'm bugging. We got uh, Uncle Junie. Right. Is under Auntie Olive, right? Or is he older? older. Oh, wow. He was older. And then we had Uncle Charlie's year younger. So then, um, so I guess, so then by the time uh, Auntie Olive and Uncle Junie were already adults, by the time you were like leaving high school or whatever, or like even in middle school. Right, right, right. So it was like, uh, so grandma kind of had to be the du- that dude and right. and that boo. She had to be that boo and that dude at the same time. How did it feel growing up without a dad around? Did you have friends that had dads? Did you ever get jealous? Mm. <clears throat> no, I didn't get jealous. No. I, mean, I didn't really feel any kind of way. Was it because you didn't even like notice it? Like it didn't really matter? Well, um, she really never liked to talk about him. So when I would ask her, she would say, and I said, she Was it say, because no. she was a strong black woman? Uh, probably. <laughs> probably. Did you, did you say that's where you get your strengths from? Uh, maybe, yes. Because I consider you a strong black woman. Sometimes I hear girls crying. I'm like, you should meet my mother. <laughs> mother been shot before. She didn't even go to the doctor. She just let it dry up. No, I'm just kidding. Jeez. My mom's never got a shot. This isn't that type oh, of story. Oh, please. Yes, please. Don't, this don't, isn't that type of story. <laughs> She was sh- she, my mom's been shot with the love bug. She just give love out to the community. <laughs> All right. So, Grandma, Mama Dukes, holding it down. And, you know, when I was growing up, Grandma was, like, how tall was she? Like, six feet? Yes, she was six feet tall. Dark skin. Mm, she was darker than us, but she's not, you know. She wasn't, like, purple or nothing. No, no, she wasn't purple or with blue. Res- with all respect <laughs> to my purple and blue family. You know what I'm saying? But I was just saying, like. Well, so imagine this is my visual as a kid, right? I'm a kid. I'm a, I'm like whatever. And my grandmother, grandma, grandma was so such. She was so big in stature to me. Because as a six, imagine someone six feet when you're five, six years old. <laughs> That's tall. That's like a giant, dude. Like, and I would just always be like, just not scared, but kind of like not, not all the way like. I don't want to say not comfortable, but I just knew she didn't play. No, she didn't. Like, I'll never forget, she was, when I was seven years old, she says, what do you want to be when you get older? And I say, I want to be a comedian. She's like, comedians are faggots. You don't want to be a comedian. And I didn't know no, what, no. I didn't know what, a, I didn't know what a faggot meant. And I was just like, maybe, but the way she said it and her being eight feet tall, I was like, <laughs> maybe, I was like, maybe that ain't what I want to do. Maybe I got to figure something. Maybe I got to be good at math or something. I don't know. And I think that was one of the things, honestly, that kind of deterred me. For I don't know, maybe you know how sometimes you have those things in the back of your mind, even if you try to do something, you're like, "Yeah, my grandmother said this is for, you know, a pile of sticks." All right, so you were, you moved out. Where'd you move to when you moved out? When you moved out after high school, after you got your diploma? Uh-uh. The 176th Street in the Bronx. Oof, that wasn't bad. But now you've been in what 176 and what? Um, off Jerome. Under the train station? Yes, yes. It was nice over there back then? Actually, the building was clean. What and year it was is this? Heat. Like 70? Um, it's like uh, 77. 77. <laughs> What'd you say? What, was, what did the building have? It was clean. It was clean and it had heat, you know, and I could walk to college from there. So everything was you know cool. See how we give it up in the Bronx, Billy? All we need is a little heat. And it's <laughs> a little cleansliness and a little heat, man. And That's we how good. I am too. We good. You get it. <laughs> so you're, you're on the solo dolo mission. How old are you? 18? Yes. Young, young, young babe? Yes. 
young sapadilla skin <laughs> walking in these streets and then and then you meet this this uh oh, I mean I would get into that yet so you're 18 you're in the streets fast forward and then you have what, how old were you when you had your first child um 19 I think 19 so you never really like cuz 19 is pretty young even though we have you know obviously we know I got family members that had kids when they were still kids. But, <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, like, it's still kind of young. Sometimes I think about it and I go, I couldn't imagine doing something that would affect my life that much as having a kid. And then, like, looking back and being like, do you ever feel like having a kid at 19, you ever look back and go, man, I, maybe I would have did more. Or, like, maybe I could have, maybe, do you ever, like, regret that you didn't do something that you maybe wanted to do that you never got around to because you had a child so young? No, I didn't have any regrets because I still was able to do what I wanted to do, which was go to school and, you know, provide for her. And I, I didn't have any regrets about that. So you were still busting moves? Yes. With the baby in tow? <laughs> yes. Did you ever have a baby bajorn? A what? You know the baby bajorn? It's like when people wear their babies like a like a chain? No, I, no, no, no. They, they no, wear their babies no. like a backpack? It's baby bajorn, that's um. what they call it. Actually, I tried the uh, backpack uh, that with you okay. uh, when your sister was born, and so she's. How like did that work? With because I saw how big my head was as uh. a kid. Like, how did that? Was that a lot of strain on you? Was like, like, did you try it once? And you was like, yo, this shit hurt my back. Yo, come on, man. Um, <laughs> I tried to put you on my back, and it didn't work out. So I thought I put you on, on in front of me. Mm-hmm. And then when I bend down to the stroller to your sister, then you was falling out, so I just had to get rid of that. See how I was always trying to get out of the struggle. Always. Can't hold me down since the baby Bajorn. Who you know escaped the baby <laughs> Bajorn, man? Of course I was going to escape poverty. I didn't escape poverty yet. But um, so you were uh, eight, 19 years, 18, 18 years old. You have your first child. Then your second child comes when? Seven years after that. Five years. Five years after that, you're not messing around. Who was you? <laughs> who was you with? Who you you found this young stud? What was his name? Uh, Patrick. Patrick Diabru, also known as Papa Dukes. <laughs> how did you meet? Was this guy like a young? Did he? Was he just like a young light skinned stud with that? How did you gauge dudes back then? Was it like the afro had to be right, or like the platform shoes had to be right? <laughs> was it the dance moves like Saturday Night Fever? Like what was going on? That like you know what I mean, and then you was under you were you grew up under a tight watch. So, how did that even work? Well, yes, he had all of that. He had the platform shoes. Ooh. He had a lot of hair. A lot of hair. And uh, did he have the dance moves though? Because he danced also. What were you guys dancing to back then? Disco. Oh, let's get it on. Ah, chill. <laughs> Don't be talking about let's get it on. Are we talking about let's get it on? <laughs> was that how Shakira was born? <laughs> let's get a bone. <sighs> All right, so you just let's get it on. That was a little too much information, but let's get it on was on, was a hit. Would you guys have that on repeat or something at the party? <laughs> like, yo, play that fucking game again. Bring the needle back. No. Bring the needle back. That's what they call it. I know. So they were. Just don't uh, hear that very often. Anymore. I mean, you know, your boy got I got a few terms up my sleeve. <laughs> so. All right, so you would you meet him at a party or something? I mean, yes, I met him at a party through. Uh, what was going on at friend. this party? Was it like uh, it was a house party? Was it spiked fruit punch going on? No, they didn't have that. Would you have uh, champagne coolers? Um, probably they did, but I didn't drink so. Oh, so you knew what you was getting into? There was no 
blurred vision. <laughs> there, wasn't, there wasn't no, you thought you found a stud, but he was oh. really a dud. Well, actually, on. I didn't really mm. like him I like that at first, but then he kept, you know, one of those guys who keep coming. Aww. Hi, it's me again. Oh, hello. Oh, he's blowing he's up the phone? Yes. Oh, <laughs> he's blowing up the phone. Did he have like a smooth voice like, hey, what's up, boo? Yeah, yeah he was kind of smooth. Yeah. <laughs> what's up? What's up? What he what he call you back in the day? Sherry. Name? What's up, Sherry? <laughs> you, I could come over. Was he was he trying to come over? Uh, sometimes. See how immigrants yeah. do? Because my pops was an immigrant. He's just trying to get it. Oh, yeah, come over. I could, I could. So he comes. He comes up with his afro. He 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 uh, he dazzles you. Were you? Would you say you were dazzled by this man? Eventually, but not at first. Not at no. first. But then what? how did it, like, he just kept, he wore you down? Yes. Yo, dudes, don't be wearing these ladies yeah. down, man. <laughs> Actually, when you do, then they start saying, well, maybe he's not that bad. He's nice, you know. He's See, a, you need a girl. If you got to do that, <laughs> like, usually that's the response I get out the gate. They're like, man, he's, he's, um, he's, he's my idol, the highest title, numero uno. <laughs> He's not a Puerto Rican, but he's speaking so that he, I know. <laughs> so this dude's a young stud, young Patrick. He sees you. He's like, "Yo, what's up, Sherry?" <laughs> boom, 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 boom. And now, you, now there's a bun in the oven. Fast forward nine months. How, I don't want <laughs> to. I was about to be like, "How long were you guys dating?" But that's neither here nor there. So you get the first child. Five years later, you have a. Uh, Another child. Mm-hmm. Were you still living in the same place in the Bronx, or did you? No, I had okay. moved. You moved? Where'd you move? To two fourteen Street in the Bronx. And, and what Boston Road? Yes. Okay, cool. So you have the second child now. Now, how you feeling? Are you still in school? Um, actually, I had stopped. I didn't quite finish. So when I had the second child, then I went back to school and I finished. I got the degree then. Okay. And then, and then, and then, when when was the? Did you, you had another child after that? When was that child born? <laughs> how, how, how long after was that child born? Oh man, about a year, a little over a year. Oh man, and I, and I think that was me, wasn't it? Oh yes, that oh, was that, you. How did it feel? Did it feel? Did you feel like the? Because I don't know if you knew this, but behind your back, a lot of people call you the the Mother Mary or the Bronx for giving birth to me because they say <laughs> it's a immaculate Please. conception, but um. How did it feel? Like, was it like a Lion King moment when he held up the little lion when, when I was born? Like, was this like the happiest day of your life? Like, were you like, you know, the first two were cool, but this one? I, I, <laughs> I feel like I finally got it right. Like, is that how you felt? Did you feel like you got it right on this one? No, but I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's cool. And then we, we lived over there, right? Yeah, 214th. And then, went, and then we moved to 217th after that? Yes. Okay. Why, how come that was? I I don't know. I asked you all these questions, but I really want to know. Was like, did you always just want to live in New York? Did you ever think of like moving somewhere somewhere else? And like, what keeps you in New York even up to today? Like, what makes you like? You don't have any. You know, you don't really. You you're free to go wherever you want. You like, what keeps you here in this city, New York City? Well, actually, yesterday one of my daughters said to me, "You see what happened in New York? Now that's why you need to come to." Uh, live with me, live uh, in Jersey. And then the other daughter says, oh, Ma, are you okay? And then she says, well, that's why you need to come to California to live. No, I love New York. Yeah. I love New York. You can, even if I don't want anything at 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the morning, there's always a store open 
You know, you don't need to want for anything in New York. Mm. Suffer some heat at a clean place. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you said, well, what keeps you drawn here, though? Like, what makes you, I know you love New York, but why do you love this place? Like, you've lived here your whole life. Why Why do you love it? Like, what, what, what? Other than there be, it being super convenient, like is there something? Is it just because you're from here, and it's like, does it? Does it? Do you feel like it gives you energy? Because you travel sometimes, you go other places, but like you always come back. Like, what's up with that? In other cities or other states, you go there, and the transportation is not like <clears throat> it is in New York. You can't always get around the way you want to get around, and then um, it's just. I mean, they may be friendlier, but. That's not the most important thing. I like to be able to get around when I want to go out. I want to be able to go. I don't want to have to wait an hour or two hours for the for the bus or the train to come. And um, you know, I just just transportation. Love it. So, right. how do you feel about like? So, you love the transportation. I love the transportation and the job opportunities. You know, as long as you have a skill, you can find a job. And even if you, you know? don't have a skill, just get on the train and ask for money. <laughs> And, and this is the time to do it because I saw a man get this guy five dollars yesterday. You ever see someone get a tip like that? You be like, you want to be like, can I get something too? Man? Come on, let me You giving out fives? Let me get one. I just want a one. I just want to need a single. I don't even need a five. So, so you think? Do you think is it like you're just gonna stay here forever, or do you think you you'd ever? Do you see yourself ever living anywhere else? I've thought about it, but I, I feel in being realistic. When I get older, I might not be able to do things the way I want to do things, or maybe I might have to be closer to one of my daughters. And what about your son? Well, you you would you love me, but you, there's certain things you might not be able to do for me. You know what are you talking about? Like, well, if I need to be cleaned, that's what we hire people. <laughs> I hire someone to clean your butt. Are you kidding me? By then, I'm having. I already got this planned out. I didn't tell you because I don't want to get your hopes up. But okay. I'm like planning to get a big house with another house next to it. That's your house. Then we get another house for the person that cleans your butt. They get a house. Okay. And then you know you have them on the intercom. They come over. Yo, they you know. That means potty pants. That means pee pee pants. That means just come over to talk, please. Okay. But well, I'll be there. So that's like. But then I don't even want to leave that far from New York. I just want to live like upstate somewhere, maybe like you know, nowhere too far. Maybe like forty-five minutes away from the city, because you know, mm-hmm. just in case two o'clock and we need to whatever we need Kennedy <laughs> fried chicken, we got to be able to drive forty-five minutes to get us some Kennedy fried chickens. Um, next question. Sometimes you have this is a thing that I noticed about you. Sometimes you go through uh, as of late. You know, as we get older in age, not to say that you, you know, you're still young, but um, you have like you'll have things that'll happen to you, <clears throat> like health wise, and how do you go through that? Or like a lot of times, like you, how's your threshold for pain? Because like you'll never, I've never known you to ever complain about anything. Usually, I mean, you know, obviously we all we all complain about something sometime, but like. Things that are like even like health, where like remember you you fainted or something because you were underhydrated this summer, and like I came to the hospital and you were there, but you were there and just laughing with your with uh, Miss Britton. You were just having fun, chilling. Me and my girlfriend came to the hospital, and you were there. And um and then like I just left when I left. I was talking to my girlfriend, uh, shout out to Jade, and we're um we're just laughing, and I'm like yeah, you know that's my mom. Like she's just like. She, you didn't even want me to come. Like you're just like yo, stay doing what you're doing. I'm fine. 
But some a lot of people that I know, I mean, I, I feel like I'm I get a little sick. I'm like, I'm about to die. help, please. Why nobody don't love me no more? I hope nobody's here when you need them. But you never like that. Like, how? Where does that come from? Like, how does that? How are you able to do that? Hmm. First of all, I don't like people to worry. And then I'm just like, well, okay, this is what happened. Now, what do I need to do to fix this? If I can fix it, but I don't really like to get sick. Like, I don't know, lately with the bout of um, fainting and then also feeling feeling that way, like I'm going to faint uh, months later, uh, it's not a good feeling. Mm. So, but when when I get the medication that I need and I feel better, then I'm, I'm fine. But mm. also in the back of my head is like, wow, you need to have some kind of precaution, maybe have one of those ID bracelets in case you fall mm. out. Or so just walk around with a helmet. <laughs> You be alright. It's a little helmet. You fall down, your head is high. That's all the only thing that's really worth. You know, maybe a helmet and some football equipment, some pads, so you don't hurt your hip or nothing. Right. How do you do? You ever think about too? Because you like you have friends. You know, I've 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 known like uh, family members. People have died recently. Not to be down, but this is hope of the hood. So like, we're here to talk about our experiences and maybe give someone else some hope. Or, you know, make brighten the day up or just tickle their brain a little bit. Uh, how does it feel like when you have your friends? Because some people, even it's like it'll be a young dude. Some people live a certain way, whether they be in the streets, whether they be in the military, whether they be in something they're involved with where, where mortality is on the line a lot of times, where someone might die and it's their friend and they keep going. And like now it's almost to the point of how does it how do you deal with your friends or some of your friends, some of your closer friends, in my knowledge, like, I mean, godmothers dying. Like, do, 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 does it affect you differently? Like, do you feel like when one of your friends dies, are you like, oh, shoot, like, I got to do something? <laughs> like, do you start trying to live more? Like, how does that work? How do you deal with that? Well, as I lose close friends and family, uh, every time I lose one, it feels like a part of me is taken away. Mm. And that's not really a good feeling. So I just try to help. I just try to, to think about the positive things when they were alive and also try when a person is alive to just do things do things for them do things they would like or do things together with them before they even get sick mm. so that way when that that time happens if they do get sick and if I'm able to help them I help them then too so that is how I kind of like rationalize, rationalize it mm-hmm. but still whenever one of them dies a part of me goes too but do you start doing like more push-ups or like they start trying to exercise <laughs> like oh they ain't gonna, the grim reaper no, ain't taking me out no. like that more like i go down to my union and i say let me review uh the money that i have and how i would like to <laughs> allocate it after Allo- i'm gone allocations <laughs> so you try to allocate your funds when your friends pass okay but then you like you say you look at the bright you look at the bright that's one thing i learned do you do do you think that too like because i always try to look at the bright side and i, I feel like that's kind of uh, who you are. I feel like I get that from you. You know, looking at the bright side of things where you just, you know, you can't control. Like you said, you can't get mad over things you can't control. Mm-hmm. You can get sad maybe some, sometimes, but then I think the reality of the fact that you can't control it should help you process things a little more fast, a little faster. Um, right. When did you know I was a star? 
Let's stop beating around the bushes. This is why I really brought you here. When? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, at what point did you know that I was a star? Like, at what point? Well, like, was it one day the sun hit me in the face some way? And you were like, he got the twinkle in his eye. Wow. This is going to be the one. Well, as a child, like say when you was around five, six, you were always very quiet, but you always, um, as you got older, you you just make people laugh. And people, I would have to go to school sometimes and the teacher would tell me, you know, Mr. Abreu, he's, I like him, he's really funny, but he dis- disrupts my class and I can't have that. I said, I understand. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, so you've always been light-spirited. I never had to go to school for fights for you. But um, I I saw from a young age you were really funny and um, easygoing. So would you say the people gravitated to me? <laughs> yes, would, would they you did. Say, would you say I've had a gravitational pull since a youth? Yes, yes, you did. Where do you think I get that from? Mm, me. See, that's <laughs> now we get into the root. Now we get into the root <laughs> of it all. This is called the crux of the story. <laughs> The crux. I'm glad I made it back. <laughs> I remember when we used to walk down White Plains Road in the Bronx and you would say hi. Like, not only, yeah, you know, you say hi to people. Everybody says hi to someone. But you, it felt like you had a relationship with everybody on the block. Like, from the meat market to the fruit stand to the bakery to the, to the convenience store. And you always, everybody knew you. Like, when you came in, you know, you're a single mom, three kids. You're in the community, White Plains Road. Why did you why why did you feel that was necessary? Or did you did you feel that was necessary? That you had like that you had were you consciously being nice or was it like, you know? Yes, it doesn't cost <clears throat> anything to say hello to any to people. So I would say hi. No? No, but it was more than hi. Like you would be like, Hey, how you doing? How's the family? Like you would have conversations with like with the meet Izzy. Remember Izzy, his <laughs> wife, was named, her name Carol. Yes, that was his girlfriend. His actually, girlfriend, excuse me. me. She was really nice too. Know, see how she know all the information. <laughs> you know, so, um, but yeah, like, what did you did you think that did you did you think that helped you at it at any way? Like down the line, maybe in your life, like maybe you fell on a hard time sometimes, and they were like, "Oh, this is our friend. We hook her up with the uh, extra no pound of ground beef or something, <laughs> an extra biscuit." No, but it helped me in other ways. Okay, true. How come we never had cable growing up? Like, was that a thing? Like, did you just, like, didn't care about cable? TV just wasn't important to you? Because I always would go to, like, other people's houses and they had cable. And I'd be like, why would you got cable? Yeah, I don't remember you saying that. I didn't even know they no, had I, cable. No, these are things I said in my mind. I would never say that hmm. to you. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, we weren't even home um, long enough for to watch cable. Like, By the time we came home, I came home from work and got you guys ready for bed. It was time for bed. I know, homework but we, were, and we, bed. Was, we was home. And we, want, we wanted to watch some of the t- things on TV. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in all due re- to, with all due respect, um, TV was better than it is now. I think back then. Like regular TV, I feel like it was really good. with the, Before telephones and the internet and all that stuff, I feel like programming was pretty or maybe our brains were just simpler so it didn't take much to amuse us or something but yeah i always thought about that how come we never had cable we never had call waiting remember did they have call waiting yeah they had call it came on like 84 Uh, they used to call they used to wait and call back (laughs) if the phone was busy and when they call me they would wait and call back later eventually they would get me that was my call waiting all right makes sense how come uh, uh 
you know, sometimes I think and I go, how, how as a, I, I couldn't, I couldn't picture having a child, right? I mean, I could picture having a child, but I'm just saying I couldn't picture. I think some of the things that, um, particularly, I'm gonna say, Leah and myself. And I can't even say Leah. I'm gonna speak for myself, but like some of the things that I put you through, from a child to an adult, even. And you always there, like you always were, like you're always there. Like I, I, because I try to put myself in your shoes, where I'm like, I probably would have gave up after the second. A second fuck up I would have been done like, I don't know <laughs> like I mean I remember if, um let me see I'm gonna go back we're gonna do a time period right now so I remember cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Let me see. Eighth grade. No, man, we could go back to third grade. Well, this was, I think it was, was it first or second grade when they were like, when I was in at Immaculate and they said that I had a, a like some sort of issue, like a mental issue or something. And they were like how I had to go to get a psych, psychiatric help or something. Right. I had to go see a psychiatrist. Right. And then they were, or else I couldn't come back. And then they were like that uh, I had ADD or something. Okay. And they just told me they had to take you to see to Catholic Charities. I'm like, what are they going to do? And then when I found out Catholic Charities had someone that they wanted to me to take you to um, for an evaluation, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm getting my pr- own private person. So mm. I got a private person. I didn't know them. And the guy saw you and then by the time his evaluation was done it was time for you to go back to school and I took it in and you were above in everything like I mean you was doing like eighth grade reading in the fifth grade or eighth something grade like that reading, and, son, I don't come know on, man. that's fifth, why I that left, was fourth or fifth grade right? that's why I left mm-hmm. that's why I left school so early because I knew I'm like yo I'm already advanced I'm going to stay here and be, well, I'm going to let them hold me back for. If you're in eighth grade and fifth grade, why you got to go pass it? You know what I'm saying? All right. So then that happened. That was boom. So you, and I think that gave me something like, um, cause it gave me, it gave me that thing of like my mom is uh, sticking up for me at this point, even though I couldn't grasp everything that was going on. I still grasped the fact that you were like, nah, you know what I mean? You were like, nah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go by what you say. I'm going to go by what I think and I'm going to go by what I say. And then so that I think was the first thing, the first time that I'm like, man, you know, my mom, because suppose I did have ADD, which I, I, I sometimes I feel like I do. Even as an adult, I feel like my attention is ridiculously like skewed for some reason. Mm-hmm. But, Actually, um, they did say you had attention deficit, but you're not hyperactive. You weren't hyper. Yeah. So, I mean, I was just like you had my, a different my, my, learning style, so, but you were smart, so what could I do? But um, but that made me feel like it's like that thing of like if somebody gr- like grasps those things and accepts those things, now it's like they live those things. Where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, 
somebody's telling you you can't learn and then your mom tells you you got a problem because you can't learn now you're telling yourself i can't learn but it was the opposite it was like no you're fine so i was like i'm fine i don't know mm-hmm. what you teachers are talking about mm-hmm. you bugging so fast forward third grade now we go to uh sacred heart mm-hmm. no 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 uh then yeah. we went to fourth grade remember fourth grade oh, Start- yes. that was in uh ps21 oh yeah and i had miss <laughs> baron you go to a different school every year? <laughs> no. Nah, no. but like for like a few years. So I had Miss Barron. I never forget Miss Barron. She um she was the meanest. Oh my goodness. Meanest pe- teacher, fourth grade teacher, man. She was so mean. My mom had to get me out of that class into a whole nother class. Wow. And it was sad, you know, because they said he was advanced, and I was in the advanced class, and the class that he was <laughs> that he was putting was just an average class. So with the way he's wired, he really needed to be in that class. But this is a teacher who's like, I'm not going to tolerate you talking. I don't even want to see you. And she she gave him a zero on a spelling test one time. And I looked at the paper. I said, but all of these words are spelled right. So I go to the school and I said, what's wrong with this? Why did you? She said he put them on the wrong line. Oh, my God. See how they've been trying to hate on your boy, sir? I'm getting mad, like, thinking about that. Trying to hate on your boy. (laughs) So you wasn't having that. No. That's crazy. I never even knew that. Yes. That's you know crazy. that you know now they have websites called Rate My Teacher. And wow. you can write whatever you want on them. <coughs> oh like, wow. Goodness. So you know what you're getting into <laughs> when you look for your classes. You can, you can yelp your teacher. Basically. <laughs> so that was the fourth grade, Miss Ba I remember I wrote a report card in the seventh grade and I mentioned her hold on, that's the New York City sounds of the streets. Um, I mentioned her in the remember that report that you found for me? I need to find it too, that autobiography that I wrote about myself. Yes. And I wrote in the autobiography about so this whole autobiography I write about being a famous comedian. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, I, and I you're like in pred- fourth grade? I'm in seventh grade. At the oh time, wow. Or sixth, sixth or seventh grade. And I predict my future. I'm like, I'm gonna be this famous comedian. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna be on Def Comedy Jam. Um, my face is gonna be. I'm gonna go to Morehouse College. I'm gonna f- hand out flyers for my comedy show on campus. I'm in seventh grade. I'm like thinking these things. And uh, in the report, and I go. I remember my fourth grade teacher told me that I would never ever be funny, and to quit. Like, cause that's what she told me. She's like, "Oh, you're not. A, you think you're a comedian? You're never gonna be funny." Oh, <laughs> this no. is like fourth grade. I'm just and like, I didn't even say anything about trying to be a comedian. I was just oh, being me. And she's like, "You want to be a comedian? Well, look, you'll never be funny." And I wrote that in my in my report. It was like my juicy, like my Biggie Smalls when he's like, "Yo, to all the teachers." To all the yeah. people that called the cops on me, I wrote that. Like, did in you my ever report. find her? Oh, who wants to find no, her? Who wants to find <laughs> her? Be like, no, be like, invite her to a show. I'm not popping. When, no. when I when I when I get more popping, then we'll find her. We'll find her. You know, we'll send her some fine cheeses or something. All right. So then that's fourth grade. Fast forward seventh. Boom. You know, seventh was cool. In and out. One year. One thirteenth. So that was from Sacred Heart. Over to Richard R. Green. And then, what made you make me go from Richard R. Green to 180 in eighth grade? Because mm. it was further, like, Richard R. Green was down the block from where we lived. And one MS-180 was, like, all the way in Co-op City. It was, like, all the way across oh, the town. Oh, that was supposed to be a better school. Did you think, well, well, Richard R. Green wasn't that good? Yeah, I didn't think it was that good. So 180 comes, eighth grade. I get halfway through. How, how, when did I start messing up in eighth grade? Do you remember? Like, was it in the beginning? Actually, or was it like, I don't 
I don't think you messed up too bad in eighth grade because you graduated from eighth grade. No, but no, 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 no. Rewind. <laughs> you remember eighth grade is when you when you when you weren't working. You like quit your job. Mm-hmm. I want to believe you quit your job, and I think I was in risk of being left back. You don't remember coming to school with me every day? Oh yes, I remember that. Yeah, my mom used to come to school with me every day in eighth every grade, every single day, and sit next to me in eighth grade. I used to sit next to you. Mm. Yeah, you sit. Oh no, you would sit like in the back of the room. Oh yes. yes. Every every day in every class in eighth grade, my mom would sit there just to make sure to make sure I was on a leash, <laughs> to make sure I wasn't bugging out, and I was Damn. still bugging out. Like you know, I still have my little time to clown around and stuff. But, but um, you didn't clown around as <laughs> much. <laughs> no, I couldn't. You're on your best behavior. Hell yeah, you crazy? My mom was there. I was how, like, what made you do that, though? Like, how was that? Like, I couldn't imagine being a... Because that's sacrifice at the same time, because you could have took that time and got a great job or a good job to, you know, support the family, pay the bills, make... So, but it's like, with you not working and being there in eighth grade for me, you know, there was a lot. Like, I remember, you know, just like, we, we were struggling. Especially because Shakira just left, so she was in college already. Leah's, I don't know, ninth grade now, so she, that was like she's about to break out, and then and then so it's like you're t- you're dedicating so much time to me in eighth grade, and I'll never forget. It was just like a rough, rough time. I felt like in in my life or in our lives, I think. But like, what made you? Like what? A lot of I don't think I don't think a lot of parents wouldn't have did that. Like a lot of parents aren't gonna be like, "Yo, my kid might get left back. Let me quit my job and sit in the back of every I've class." I've never even to, heard of a school letting somebody do that. Yo, before. my mom's was like the Martin Luther King of single moms in education. <laughs> right. yo, she was out there protesting <laughs> by herself, man. I'm gonna sit here, and you're not gonna sit. Yo, my mom's chained herself to the to the school desk. <laughs> it's like she's like, I ain't going nowhere. So what? Like, many so all seriousness. What made you like what? What gives someone that kind of that kind of uh, gall to do that? Because I knew you were smart, I believed in you, and I wasn't. I knew it wasn't made up. You know, if if I felt that you needed um, psychological help, I would have gotten you that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got you a tutor, and you was able to pick up. You know, everybody has a little problem with math sometimes, and sometimes with English, but. W- my investment was for you and you and the family. You needed me at that time. You may not have appreciated it or realized, but it was my responsibility to do that. I could always get a job. I feel like it made me funnier because I had to, <laughs> I had to supersede my mom's being in the back of the class with my humor because like, you know they was trying to get at me. They see your mom's, you a target now. Now they're trying to get at me. So my jokes had to be so superior <laughs> to everyone else's jokes. Like they had to know, like even though my mom's is here, I, and I still got funniest in the yearbook. I don't know if you remember that. Maybe yes. I got the fun. Yeah, what, I got class clown. Yeah. With my mom's in the class, you I got class clown. can't make any your mama jokes in front of you. <laughs> Dude, I got class clown in front of, with my mom's in the room. So I need an extra, there needs to be a list for that. Did anyone ever try and do that to you? Nobody, they Be like, love me. your mama, and you're like, she's right there. No. <laughs> nah, they knew better. So, okay, so the sacrifice and this, the investment. So you're investing in your child at this point. All right. And then fast forward. Now, I graduate eighth grade. I, I win uh, class clown of my <laughs> class. That was the biggest thing. A lot of times people don't know that was all I lived for. Like a lot of times I lived for 
that even to today as an adult i live to be not a clown but like that level of funny of like with someone everyone will agree this guy's hilarious if not the funniest person <laughs> there is around so mm-hmm. like it's so funny to see that relay into uh into like adult life adulthood but um uh so then fast forward eighth grade then i go to high school now now you can't come to or you just maybe were we just that struggling that you couldn't like how did you like because oh because in high school like it's such a big deal that they're not on top of it as much as they are in middle school like as far as like where the kid is at all times because i was like not going to school like i would go to school for the first period and then just leave after because i knew you were going to work so I would just leave and then go back home and hang out, call my friends over, chill. <laughs> or I would go to my friend's house and chill for like the whole entire ninth grade, like my I know first that, year of high school. I know that one story that you've told. Which one? The one. Oh, the first time I had sex. Yeah. Remember that time? You don't probably don't know the first. Remember the she doesn't know, but like, the, remember that time when I was there with a the girl at the yeah. crib at my house, and I said yeah, you yeah, better yeah. get out and you better hold not on. even come back. Yeah, hold on. So here's the, here's the story. Can I tell you the story? So this. <laughs> So this is the first time I'm ever, ever about to have sex, ever, right? I just oh met this God. girl, random, She's from Harlem, so Did you I know she was advanced. Let me finish the story. No, I'm just asking. <laughs> Let me finish the story. I'm going to tell the whole story. I know, I'm just saying, that I blow up your spot? You no, 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 mention no, no, it? no, 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 no. But it's funny, because it's like, this is in ninth grade, this is around that time. Oh, no, eighth grade, <clears throat> or the end, then ninth grade. And um, so... I swear, like, I'm just like, I never had sex before. So I'm like about to have, about, about, this is a big deal. This is like Earl. This is like I cut class, ninth grade. You leave school, go home. People hang out. I know my mom doesn't get home till late because I think you're working either two jobs or you just got home late. So I'm like about to get it on. I'm like two inches. I'm like two centimeters from getting it on. Next thing you know, I hear, boom. My mom kicks the door in. It's like a movie. It's like a movie. <laughs> Mom Dukes kicks the door and boom. <laughs> I never forget the first two words I said. I said, oh shit. And I didn't even curse. I don't curse in front of my mother. And, they, and you was just like, well, you better never, woo, woo, woo. Don't, you never know when I'm coming home early. You better go. And then she was so nice. She's like, walk her to the train station. And I was like, oh, she's a, she, she wants me to be a gentleman. But she said, like, you'll never know when I'm going to get home early. And guess what happened? I had sex for the first time the next day because I said, there's no way too broke for my mom to take two days off uh-huh. in a row. You can- <laughs> I said, there's no way she can take two days off in a row. <laughs> no way. We too broke. You know? So, anyway, that happened. Wait, uh, so, so, ninth grade. How was it from her side, though? Oh, yeah. How was it? What, what was going on in your brain? No, you got off the hook. You Did lost your Did you just have mind. a feeling that he was going to be home? No, she's probably doing something. No. No, I wasn't thinking that he would be home. But then when I came, it looked like he was home. So, like, what's going on here? <laughs> and then you see me and the baby. You was like, what the... <laughs> what the actually those four four years oh my goodness those were the roughest roughest years which years 14 through or like 13 the high school years with you and your sister those oh, yeah. were the roughest yeah, years. we was like, running the streets oh my they were cover and cross cover for each other so that oh, was kind of really? hard yeah, yeah we was gangsters me and my sisters that's my road dog like we've done we done, we done, we done, we done did it. You know what I mean? We done did it. Were you guys a dynamic duo? Oh, we was, we was crazy, man. I was, running, I was running the streets, and she was doing what she was doing. But like, we just covered. Like, it was like I would cut school, she would cut school. You know, I would. It was just we. we that's what we did. You know. 
And I don't know. I think maybe it was just like the surrounding. And for me personally, it was. I think I didn't really see no future out there for me. Like I never really saw a future as far as uh, I'm gonna take this road and this is where it's gonna lead me and this is where I want to go. Because I felt like everybody else that kind of went away to college and did these certain things that was supposed to be the way you went, they all came back to the hood to the Bronx, and it was like I don't gotta leave to come back. I'm gonna just stay here. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what I'm going to do here. You know, I'm going to hit people over the head or something. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Maybe that'll be, that's still a gold chain. Maybe that'll get me a house one day, you know? Not. not <laughs> yeah, not. All right, so then fast forward, high school, um, I, I leave school. And then you're like, that's when you give me the ultimatum. You get a job or you go to school, but you're not going to stay here doing neither. So I didn't get a job. I didn't go to school. Took me on a road trip to Atlanta when my sister was at school. You left me there. I and left you in Atlanta? <laughs> she don't even remember. <laughs> I'll never forget the phone call because I, I said I said I was hanging out with Sean, actually. The homie, Sean Wright. Shout out to Sean Wright. I was hanging out with Sean Wright at the time. And I called you and I was like, uh, when are we going? And you're like, I think you guys were already on the road or something. I was like, what? You know, you, you you leaving me, and you had already left. I and left then, you with Shakira in Atlanta. Yeah, and uh, and Dad, that's when you left me with Shakira and Dad. Oh you were like, it was yes, too much. that's right, 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 right. That was the first time you told me to get out without telling me to get out. All right, right. I forgot he had moved down there. Right. I didn't move down there. You left me down he, there. He, your father, I oh, forgot he had moved down there. I didn't, so. You left me, and I that I was like, man. And then like he didn't. I didn't have to go to school, so it was like at the age of sixteen. I was so disgusted with that. Yo, dude, from the age of sixteen, like she, I didn't live. I didn't see. I hadn't seen him for like I don't know how long, like seven, eight years when he moved. So I just hadn't seen him. So it was always that weird dynamic, too, of, like, you're my dad, but I don't really, like, there's not really that connection. Yeah. So to actually have to live with somebody that you hadn't seen in a long time. and it's it was an just adjustment. like It was a weird adjustment. And he was just kind of like, yo, you want to be an adult? All right, don't go to school. Oh. And I would just chill at home, smoke cigarettes, or I would steal his cigarettes. And then I, I ain't going to lie. to be your friend. Con- yeah, kind of. I just watched um, Judd Apatow. Mm-hmm. He just came out with a do- uh, new st- 25 years at later stand-up on Netflix, and uh-huh. I watched it, and he talks about how when kids go to college, their parents think they're supposed to become friends with them. <laughs> no, you got to. Uh, and it's like he was talking about how he would be too paranoid to do any of that stuff because he would say the weirdest things to them. But No, so but I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go to school. I didn't go to school, right? It was like, what, 15, 16 um, and then I go back to my mom and then you send me to Job Corps. A lot of you guys, if you don't know what Job Corps is, it's a vocational school. It's like, I call it a preparatory, <laughs> it's a pre-prison school. Like, it's where you go before you, like, if you're a kid headed in the road path, they send you there and then you go to prison afterwards. Oh, wow. Not it's really not like yeah. that. It's not supposed to be like that. But that's how it turned out. That's how it felt. Brought. Dude, I got kicked out the first one in Kentucky. I just sent to Kentucky. I went to Kentucky. I'm learning so much. Dude, I'm in Kentucky at like, I don't know, 16 years old. I'm in Kentucky in the middle of the woods with a bunch of delinquents. And there were like a lot of fights and there was like a lot of like stuff going on where it's like this crew. like So it felt there was like a level of danger there. So I would like always walk around with a box cutter on me. Wow. 
Because I was in I was in plumbing, and you get you know you have those things. Wow. So I would always have a box cutter just in case. I never had gotten into any altercations. But one day they would do like um they would search your stuff, like your property, whatever. And they searched my dorm or something for some reason one day, and they found the box cutter. And then they kicked me out over that. And I was like, what? And then I think I lied to you. I was like, oh, I was just cutting plumb, but I was really it was like what I had it for like self defense. And then um, but my mom true to. <laughs> True to being the Martin Luther King of mothers, she fought for my rights. She was like, "Nah, my son didn't do. You got the story wrong." I'm gonna say also, Mom. Breaking news: a lot of the things you thought people got the story wrong, they really got the story right. And that, so I, I was, I, I'm sorry, I lied to you a lot of times. I was really the, on the bad side of things. But so they found, <laughs> they found, they found, and she's like, "No, nah, it's whatever." And then they let me in. They reinstated me into a different job core. Oh. They were like, all right, he will let him back in. So then I went to a job corps in Boston, right? Uh, no, Wor- <laughs> in Wor- Worcester, Massachusetts. And it was like, I don't know why it was so much fun. Like, I love it. It was a fun time. Like, it wasn't really a school to me. It was just fun. You know, it was like a bunch of kids. And, like, being from New York in Connecticut, or, like, in, in Worcester, it was... um. It was like a cool vibe. Like people, it's like you know when you go out of town as a New Yorker, people are like, "Oh, you're a cool New Yorker." So it was like a cool vibe. Um, long story short, I got this grand scheme idea. I'm like, "Oh, you know what I'm gonna do? My boy's uncle sells weed for cheap. I'm gonna and no one has weed in in job corps like where I'm at because it's like no drugs. It's like a prep school. It's like prison pretty much. So I I I buy some. I buy like a quarter pound, half a pound, or something like oh that. God. With some, I don't even know where I got the money from for it. Remember, you used to work for your your uncle. Remember? Yeah. And you yeah, used to make yeah, a lot yeah. of money doing that. So. I didn't make a lot. I make like a little two hundred here and there every every other week. Cause mm-hmm. I was, I mean, back then that was a lot. If you like fifteen, sixteen, not even. But anyway, so I, I got, I bought the weed. I got the weed and I took it up there. I'm like, yo, and I'm selling like small portions for way more than they would go for. And I never forget, um, I got busted. I got busted, and they sent me to jail for the first time I was arrested. Whoa. I'm like 16 years old. How long were you in for it? Ah, a few days. I don't know. Yeah. So I never forget though. So I get. I'm, I'm scared. I never. I've never been arrested before in my life. I'm thinking I'm gonna get raped because from all the movies and stuff. <laughs> like you know when you, you but you know I'm figuring when I when I when you walk in someone goes fresh meat and then it's like and then you gotta then you gotta sleep on your back you know what I'm saying you can't sleep on your stomach once they say fresh meat you know because now it's easy easy access so I'm saying and then like I'm so nervous I'm so scared I'm like with these grown men like I'm six I'm I'm like imagine you and you're an adult but like imagine you as like in that picture like when when you're a kid. And you get into a level of trouble where you're with adults and you're in a line and everyone's ass naked. And everyone's <laughs> everyone's oh, ass naked, God. dog. And including then, you. Including you, yes. And then the, and you're in a line and they tell you, all right, I'll bend over. And you got to bend over so they see you don't got nothing in your ass. And they're oh like, all right, God. lift up your nut sacks. And now you got to cough and shit. So nothing. So they make sure, you know, if you're holding anything in your butt, it's going to come out if you cough, you know. I'm getting stressed out thinking. <laughs> So I'm saying, so I'm so scared. I'm like, oh man, I don't know what's about to happen to me, but I'm just like, you know, keeping it G. Like, yo, I just, I'm not gonna say nothing to nobody. I'm gonna just be here. And then, um, and then a few days later, I think they call or I called or something. And then you said, no, you called. I don't know how you called. I guess you called Job Corps. They called you. 
to, I guess, to tell you that I got in trouble or something. Mm-hmm. And then I, because I remember, I you called me. I was scared to call you. You call, I never get you. Patrick, yeah, boo, boo, boo. So I come, and then and then I get in there, and then he's like, "How come you didn't tell me?" Woo. I said, "Cause you told me if I ever got in trouble, not to <laughs> not to call you." And she said, "I said that so you know you wouldn't get in trouble." And um. So that was that was the that was uh what sixteen years old. Fast forward to. Um, fast forward to. Twenty nine years old. I start doing comedy. Twenty nine. I uh, I'm living in Miami at the time when I first start doing comedy. I move no I visit New York. My mom you know from New York. She lives in New York. And I'm like, what better time than now than to go to New York? I could stay with my mom for a month. You know, my rent was cheap, so, you know, I didn't really <laughs> have to worry about that in Miami. Come to New York, I start doing comedy. Or, I, like, I see it, and I'm like, wow, this is where I need to be. You know, I um I get some guidance from some from a veteran comedian, Dustin Chafin. And um, everything seems like it's going great, right? Everything seems like, wow, it's, we're figure, I'm figuring it out. I did my first show. It was like a bringer show. My mom's there. The whole family, everybody's there. She brings out people I ain't seen in years. I don't know, first grade teacher, third grade <laughs> teacher. I don't even know these people still exist. And they're there. And I never forget, like, the 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 adoration that I felt. And just the, I've never had that feeling before where everybody was like, yo, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Like, everybody saw it at that moment. Like, even my godmother I hadn't seen in years. She's like, that was the... That was a kid that I seen when I when he was a kid, <laughs> but as an adult on stage, like I seen it, and then and then a few days later, I get arrested. <laughs> I get arrested for some stuff that I did like years and years ago in Miami or whatever. I get arrested, and this is like the lowest, uh, the hardest hit that I think I ever took in my life. Like it was a hard hit because it was like the day before I had this huge high of everybody being like, "Oh man, he's gonna do something." And then resetting it all the way b- below sea level of being like, oh man, I'm I'm back to when I was um 16 again, or when I was 15 again, or when I was in seventh grade again, or when I was in fourth grade again, or when I was in eighth grade again, or when I so it went it it re it, ha- it rehashed all of those feelings of feeling like, man, you're never gonna be good enough, or you're never. It's like you're never gonna be good. You're always gonna be. You're always gonna think you're good, or you. But the, the reality's gonna hit and tell you that you're not good. And then I never forget calling my mom. That was like the most embarrassing call I think I ever had to make in my life. And being like, yo, like being like, hey, I'm in trouble. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm in jail right now. Like I'm locked up. I don't know when I'm. Gonna, I don't know. Wh- I didn't know what my fate was. I did not, because wow. it wasn't like regular cops that came to get me. These was like cops, just like the Men in Black and shit. And wow. I'm like, they, they put me. I'm like, where were you going? I don't know. Like they just. I was in my mom. I felt embarrassed too, cause they. I was staying with my mother, and they came to my mother's house. I'm thinking they maintenance. I look out the window door, the peephole, and then I open this four or five dudes in the hallway. Oh with guns God. out and I was like oh man I really? felt so embarrassed too because I had my socks on and I was just chilling in the house so I felt so embarrassed to be in the middle of the hall in the hallway like being frisked and like because you know you hear it when the cops is in your hallway because you hear the walkie talkies yeah. and you hear the did that. you hear it 
hear no, it I'm saying the, the, the neighbor. Oh, everybody else heard so it. So I felt like on top of me being ashamed, it was just like, and then I got to go downstairs in cuffs. You know what I mean? Like they put me in the back of the car in cuffs in front of my building, in front of where my mom's lives, and everybody know my mom's. And it's like, everybody like, oh, he's a good kid. And now it's, no one said I was a good kid. But it was like, <laughs> but it was like that feeling of like, man, I'm just a fucking failure, dude. And then, so, and then fast forward, I call my mom, worst call I had to make. We're about to wrap up. Uh, worst call I think I ever had to make. And um, she came out after work to get me out. Uh, she put her, she put her, her and my sister Leah, they put their, their houses up for collateral. They had to put their houses up for, for collateral to get me out. Which means, you know, it's, I didn't have a bond. It was like, it wasn't a dollar amount. It was a value amount. It was like, we need to, you know, have some sort of collateral value. Gotcha. And, um. And that was the last time that I ever, I, I feel like I ever, I think I ever put you in a, in a situation like that, at least when we're in court and then I'm, then we're in court and, um, and I, I think, I don't know, I was out for about two years before I had to go to tr- sentencing. And so that's when I really started doing comedy. Like when I was really, really, really in, like super, um, just what's the word? Is it emerged? Submerged? Immersed, engulfed, engulfed, super engulfed in comedy. Because I was, I don't know, it was like the only thing that kept me sane at the time. Like, not, and I don't know if you know what it's like to not know if you're gonna be free for the rest of your life or you're gonna be in jail for five to twenty years. You know what I mean? So I was like scared. <laughs> you know, I would just mm-hmm. watch so much motivational stuff every day. Like, I would watch Mike Tyson talk because he was like, "This is somebody that's been to jail. He was on top. He went to jail." And, you know, he's kind of right. So he was like someone that I, f- and he's from the hood. So I felt like this is more than anybody. He could probably say a few things. And he, I saw one video. He said, you know, uh, this was one quote that helped me in my life. I'll be honest with you. Mike Tyson said, Martha Stewart went to jail. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Jesus Christ went to jail, you know. And if anything, it's not the end of their story. It's the beginning of their story. Wow. And that right there, that one quote. It made me feel like, all right, like it made me go every day. It you made put me, hope in you. yeah, it gave me hope. Like every day, I felt like, you know what? Even if I gotta go, I, I got, I'm gonna go hard right now with the time that I have right now. I'm gonna do my best with the time I have right now. And when I get out, it'll be the be- the beginning of my story. Fortunately for me, that didn't happen. We went to court. It was me and my mom, eight white guys on the left. I felt like you remember it was in February. Black History Month. <laughs> yes. It was in Thurgood Marshall uh, Courthouse, Supreme yes. Court. Mm-hmm. Was that the Supreme Court? I believe so. Thurgood Marshall, yes. And um, black judge, shout out to Judge Carter. He was really nice. Of course, he let me go. Related to Sean. He asked no, for no, some really. jokes, too. Yeah. No, he <laughs> didn't jokes? Say, he didn't say that. He was like, he, he said, he said, uh, oh, so I understand you're a comedian now. And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, I understand, you know, you can't be Richard Pryor overnight. And when he said that, in my heart, in my mind, I'm like, oh, he's going to let me go. Like, it felt like my butt, my butthole unclenched. Yeah. He understood. Because I did a show, remember? We, uh, my mom's been there for me all the time. I did a show called Probation's Got Talent. You did? <laughs> Tell him. I did a show called Probation's Got for the judges and the clerks. Yeah, for the clerks of the court, for the judges, for everybody, probation officers and all that stuff. Because my, 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 my uh, public defender was like, yo, you should do this so then when we go to trial, 
we could show them like, yo, you really serious about that? You do do comedy, and you kind of gave it back to the staff and all that stuff. But anyway, I'm sorry, I, I drew this out. I just wanted to give you all the time period to get to the last question or one of the last questions. How, like, like I said earlier, like I could, like, what gives you at, with your kid at 29 years old? Where most people go, oh, my kid leaves. I can't wait till they turn 18. They're gonna get out the house. What gives you the the belief to even at that moment put your apartment up for a 29 year old man? Like, where where if something went wrong, you lose your place to live. My sister loses her place to live, and I'm in jail. So now I got a new house, and you guys lose a house. <laughs> So like what gave you the the what gave what gave what belief did you have at that point in the hope of the hood? Well, I didn't I didn't feel that you were going to go anywhere. I thought that you was really serious about the comedy. So um and you had good mentors, so I was praying that that would help you through what you had to go through and that you wouldn't do anything silly to make us um lose everything that we invested in you. So in, in the bottom line is we believed in you. But why? I feel like, honestly, I felt like a lot of times like in my life, growing up, not saying that there wasn't belief in me, but not like there's belief in me now. And that's why even the, the whole term hope of the hood comes from the belief that I feel like that I get from you, from, you know, whoever I encounter for the most part in the hood. You know, people, that's where I'm from, that, that, like, they see me doing something. Like, I posted a video the other day, and it, it feel good to see people that know me from, from, f you know, third grade. You know what I mean? Like, from the BX, that's like, yo, this kid is going for his. And it's like, they got kids or whatever they doing in their life. It's like, wow, yo, P's still out there going <laughs> for his. So that, like, you know what I mean? So, but, like, so that's, like, hope of the hood. It's, like, to give hope to somebody that might maybe not feel that, you know that they could they could do because like yo I'm telling you all of this I, like, the people that's listening I'm telling you and I show you all of this so I try to give you the story to know like yo 29 years old dude that's where I am now that's what I'm saying 29 like I was in mm. I was I was facing I was scared 29 years old I got arrested I didn't get booked I didn't get uh not booked I didn't get sentenced until I was what 31 right about that about 31 so from wow. 29 to 31 I didn't know what was gonna happen. But it was like, like I was saying, my mom's was there. So all of those things that I that I mentioned, whether it was, you know, third grade, fourth grade, all these things. But like I said, I never felt the belief that I have now. What changed? What do you think changed? In with you? Yeah. Or or yeah, with with the whole situation. Well, I think the fact that you've gotten older, you know, thinking things out and you have a career that you really want to embrace and, and be successful in. So you're not looking to do anything that uh, you know you shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. And and then your personality also helps you, too, because I never forget. I'll never forget. I went when I went down to one police plaza, there were some plain clothes guys in the hallway and I was trying to figure out where to go where you were so when they said oh you're his mom I said yes he said oh nice guy I'm like what <laughs> I didn't expect that so did you, you know. think I was snitching when they said that 
No, I wasn't thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> nice guy. He told us yeah. everything we no, wanted to hear. No. <laughs> no. No, but um, all right. I just it's so funny because we we're like going over time, but it like I, I had a few other things I wanted to talk about. Just but that was one of the things. That was like a minute of the main things I wanted to talk about. It was like the belief in someone and the support. And to me, I think that means a lot to me is to know that I got, I might not got nobody in the world, but I know I got my moms, even at, and as an adult. You know what I mean? Sometimes everybody's not that fortunate. Some people don't have anybody, you know? So at least it's like something I think that keeps me sane at the end of the day. And it, it keeps me, I think, something that's like, um, it's like you get a name. It's almost like graffiti, right? You get a name. I was telling my girl, you get a name and you see how far you could take the name. Mm-hmm. So my name is Diablo, right? So my goal now is to see, it's not about like monetary gains or it's not about vanity. It's not, it's about like just what you mean, what I mean in life or what I mean to the world. And I want to see how far, that's the thrill, seeing how far I could take the name, make my mom's proud. You know what I mean? It's like, I feel like it's like paying you back some ex- to some extent of like, for all the the nights you woke, stayed awake, for all the nights you cried, for all the all the you know the negative feelings that you may have experienced or that I may have caused, so it's like me being like you know it wasn't all not worth it you know so like I think that's what keeps me going a lot of the times and I appreciate you for that and um, also before we get out of here this is what I wanted to talk to you about. Also, uh, in the climate of everything going on, because my mom's in the loop. She reads the newspaper. She watches the news every night. <laughs> and she watches Jeopardy. So she'll know something about, like, uh, quinoa and all of that stuff. She knows quinoa for 800. Oh, daily double. All right. <laughs> How do you feel with the climate of the, like, the, the uh, sexual harassment and stuff going on, sexual misconduct in the world, and all of the, the dudes that are being... Um, I guess uh, all of the all of the guys that are having the whistle blown upon right now. How do you feel? Do, do you even care about that? Like, how does that make you feel? Well, it's very interesting because the first one that I remember them really making a big deal about was Bill Cosby, mm. and they like just had him up and down. And I felt for his wife. I felt for his family because that's that's a shameful thing to do. But so long ago, it just shows that what you do in the past it can come back and bite you later. Um, as far as like moving forward, I think that if they have something to say about someone who did something so long ago, they could bring it up. But I don't know that the person should go to jail at this point. Maybe there's do some community service or something. But it, at this point, it happened so long ago. But now what we need to do is to make sure if it happens now, address it immediately. Mm-hmm. Before then, it was like, ha ha, oh yeah, that's nice. Yeah. You, you, taking turns patting somebody's backside or or even the president said didn't he say something about grabbing crutches grabbing by the yes. pussy is what yeah yes. uh, how could and you he's still, and he's still the president oh my gosh but well, like, the, so what would you say alright but how do you think we could prevent the, have you ever experienced sexual harassment in the workplace they would they used to say a lot of dirty jokes but Tor- and, towards you a, no no in general, general. about women you oh, know okay. women and um, but nothing like towards you specifically no no. Nobody, no, no, no uh, boss ever tried to caress your bosom? <laughs> no, maybe because I was flat chested. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. You don't have to tell people your measurements. <laughs> so, 
right, and then um, how, and then like so, and this is the other thing, and then we'll get we'll get out of here. There's a lot of on 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 topic of what we just were talking about right now. There are a lot of like I always think about my mom whenever I see women or men complain about certain things, whether it be not getting paid uh, equally, whether it be um, feeling like they're 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 dealing with a bunch of misogynists in the world, or or just in the whole, yeah, in general. And I always think about my mom, and I always think, how come I never heard my mom talk about any of this stuff ever, growing up or even now? Like, how come? You, how do you? How? Like, I I, I was with uh Sam Sammy Sammy Wavis Jr. and um, his home girl, his home woman Helen last night. Shout out to Helen. And I was I was I I saw her. They were there, and I go. I told her, I said, oh, I was telling uh, my friend, like, how I met, how I was chilling with Sam, and I met this, his, this girl, and she was telling me all these big words, and, like, I felt good because I learned some new words and stuff. <laughs> and then she goes, she goes, excuse me, woman, not girl. And like, But she was, like, totally serious about it. Like, she wasn't kidding. Like, it wasn't like, hee, hee, hee. It was like, no, refer to me as a woman. <laughs> and okay. I was like, all right, woman. And then I kept, like, I was being over... I went overboard after that. Like every time I addressed her, I was like, "Yeah, and then you know what I mean, woman." And then, oh. <laughs> I was, like, oh. <laughs> was just jokingly, and she got it. But like, how, how do you feel about like how do you deal with that? How come you never complain? Do you feel like there's bigger fish to fry, or are you just like trying to keep your lights on? Like, what's? You mean in terms of the sexual harassment and you know, just being a woman, like being like because you're you were you're a single black mother in the boogie down Bronx, doing it. By yourself, mm-hmm. I never, never, ever seen you complain. I never even, I never even heard you say this is hard. <laughs> you know, some people, you know, we all do that. I yeah. go, man, your life, why life got to be so hard? And that's without three kids. You know what I mean? In the in the yeah. in the boogie down Bronx. So like, how do you how do you di- and what could you give advice mm-hmm. to maybe someone else that's kind of going through a struggle that may not even be as ridiculous as the struggle that you may have. Uh, excelled or propelled yourself out of well i would say i used to make goals i used to make goals and then i used to cross them off every time i accomplished what i wanted to accomplish um i would say set goals and set standards for yourself as well as where you want to where you want to be or how you would like people to treat you you know if you don't like a certain type of treatment then speak up about it and if you don't speak up then do some action take some action there are things that you can do to if you don't like how you're being treated whether it's at workplace or was whether it's uh casually with someone that you know you know you don't have to just take whatever someone gives you you plan and then you can see how your uh life will develop mm. okay and now i'm sorry I had a little swallow what would you tell? Oh no, we got a couple yeah. questions, and then we're gonna get out of here. Last, uh, last question. Are oh, you? You asked the last question, right? It's. I have like three. Okay. Right. Maybe four, but they're not bad. Okay, go ahead. So the first question. These are the questions that we ask every guest. Okay. What's your favorite bodega item you've only seen in New York City and nowhere else? Oh my goodness, my favorite bodega item. 
<laughs> I was really excited to ask this one. <laughs> You know, my mom's been going crazy. to the bodega that's why I'm, 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 we've had the most crazy. random answers so I'm curious wow because they sell some random stuff here they don't sell anywhere else mm-hmm. wow you know maybe because I just I'm weird I just go for the straight stuff I just go straight to what I want I'm not looking to see what other people are getting And no what you going for you're not asking what everybody else going for <laughs> <laughs> What's like the most random thing? Or oh, maybe see maybe the, the chopped cheese that they like is hmm. it, it chopped cheese mm-hmm. sandwich? Chopped cheese. Mm-hmm. Mama know about oh the chopped God. cheese. All right. Next one. What's your favorite word and why? My favorite word. Um. Maybe um. Have mercy. It's <laughs> 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 not a word. <laughs> I like it's okay. Oh, that's two words. That's or a phrase. Could, or you could do it like the Jamaicans say, lot of mercy. Yes, yes, word. yes, yes. Well, that's one word, lot of mercy. All right. We're going to go with this one because this one's a good one. Uh-oh. What would you do in the event of a zombie apocalypse? Oh, boy. I'd probably pre- um, pretend that I'm a zombie also. <laughs> <laughs> Fooled them. Uh, <laughs> Fooled them. Got him. All right. All right. The last one. All right. What would you tell your seventh grade self now? S- say that again. If you yeah. had to go back. If you had to go back and talk to your seventh grade self, what would you tell? What advice yourself? would you give your seventh in my, grade in, self? If I, like if I was in the seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. With what you know now. Advice: Hang in there because things can only get better. Mm. I like that. All right. Last thing. I know I said that was the last I know. thing. One more last thing. Any deals at the dollar store? Because you know, you know <laughs> sometimes people don't know. I oh, talk about the dollar yeah, store a yeah. lot. And until I left, because my mom, I didn't get the dollar store. Like, my mom would always be like, oh, the dollar, dollar tree, dollar tree, dollar tree, dollar tree. Until I'm on my own now and I'm in the world, I, I don't go. realize how vital the dollar tree it is. It really is. I learned that too recently. Like, what's your favorite item that you like? That What's in the clutch? You hungry and you're on a budget. You ain't got much money. You may be overdrafted. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you got a few dollars in your pocket that the FDIC don't know about. What are you going to spend your $4? You got $4. What are you going to do with $4 at the Dollar Tree? Well, I buy a Jamaican patty. A lot of mercy. A lot of people don't know. <laughs> you go to the frozen section of the, of. I, I put my girl on. She didn't even know about the what? flavor. Shot. Oh, R.I.P. to the dude from Gold uh, from Golden Crust. Did you see he committed suicide? Oh, I yes, saw that. R.I.P. Yes, Come on, man. They beef that, patties yeah. and they jerk chicken. All that stuff was good. I hope they don't fall off now that he's dead because he no. took a lot of pride in that stuff. All right, so the Jamaican beef patties, they got the frozen joints. You put them in the microwave for how much? Two, set, tw- two minutes? Two minutes. I put it in you. for 210 just in case it was too <laughs> frozen. T- 10 extra seconds going to get you thoroughly cooked. So you're getting with the beef patty. You got, now you got $3 left. I uh, guess some luncheon meat. You gotta go to the from the dollar store. Yes, they have it packaged. Oh, you don't get luncheon meat from the dollar store for a dollar. Yeah. So you getting turkey or cheese or ham? I probably get turkey. Turkey and cheese. Yes. Right, well, so probably uh, probably just a turkey because I'm on a budget. You yeah. Know? All right. Yeah. You see, that's survival. We don't need oh, cheese. Yeah. So that's two dollars. You got two dollars left. Well, I'll get a, a, a what is it? They have like a three liters uh, soda. I'll get that. Don't give a fuck about diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> no. And then you got one dollar left. You can need bread for the cold cuts. That's what. I, that's the last thing I'm gonna get. Boom. And Ooh, I'm I'm good survival. for the rest of the week. Survival, man. 
That is survival right Yo, there. Yo, my mom's been surviving all the errors. I remember she used to get cocoa bread and get ham and cheese and put it inside the cocoa <laughs> bread. Ooh. Send us one our way. Anyway, uh, Mama Dukes, it was great chatting with you. Thank you so much for spending uh, your evening with us here at Hope of the Hood. You definitely um, have to come back. Oh, you really? Definitely okay. We're going to bring you back on like the Mother's Day edition or something. We'll figure something out. I want out. you to come bring stories that... We got to get uh, Uncle... Okay. We got to tell Uncle Charlie we need to get him on too. Okay. Because <laughs> oh, you know what we should do? When we bring them... We could bring them both on. Oh. That would be good if we have them both on. And then we could have... Um, we could get mail. We could get mail questions, and then we have them on for a question oh. episode where we could ask them questions from listeners. I know people always are asking me questions about you. So yeah, really? so sometimes we have listeners always. come in and they give us mail questions, and then we have a guest and I'll help them answer it on uh, air. So. Okay. Anyway, Mama, you got any shout outs you want to make before we get out of here? Shout out to all the people listening to this program today. You you couldn't have spent your time better. Oh. Hope of the hood, baby. Tune in. Every Monday. Regularly. Regularly. Hope <laughs> of the hood, man. Also, uh, make sure you go to the website, show support. Uh, make sure you go to Acast. Make sure you go to Laughable. Make sure you go to Apple Podcasts. Make sure you go. SoundCloud. Oh, also. We're now on SoundCloud. Also, you can find us over there. So make sure you find us. Uh, tune in every Monday. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Till next time. Peace. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.